This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to David Locke, we hope, coming up here momentarily. Had to move David around a little bit. We were going to talk to him earlier in the day, but uh, let's get out and talk to him now. Uh, David's appearance on the show brought to you, as always, by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Group. He's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He is David Locke. What's up, David? Not much. How's everybody doing? Oh, doing good, man. How about yourself? You ready for uh, what, what should be a good one, hopefully, tonight? Should be. There. Who's better? This version of the Brooklyn Nets or James Harden's Houston Rockets teams? Hmm. Uh, let's see. I, I'm I'm assuming you're going to go with this version of the Nets. If I kind of, I just don't tone. think it's that far off. How's that? Okay, that's fair. I mean, I think the Chris Paul Rockets are probably better because Chris Paul's better than anyone next best player. But um, with Russell Westbrook, I actually think this is a probably a better group. But like. So Joe Harris is better than Eric Gordon. Jeff Green is playing, but P.J. Tucker Rollie's a little softer. And all the co- Nicholas Claxton and DeAndre Jordan are basically Clint Capella. And all of the other players are similar kind of bit pieces that are good athletes that play play along. So I think, you know, it's, you know, like I know that they don't have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant tonight, but this is still because James Harden's one of the two or three best offensive players in the history of the NBA, um, they're still loaded, and they're still great. He was, uh, wasn't was James uh, questionable there for a while too, David? Yeah, he. I mean, he's pretty banged up. He hit his knee last night. He's got hit his hip last night. He's had a neck issue as well. Um, you know, for all the other criticisms people want to give James Harden, which I've never quite understand other than he just beats you all the time, so you decide you don't like him, um, is that – you know, he plays, right? Um, and he he actually plays, you know, we can argue that he plays the game to draw fouls, but he plays the game in a manner that, you know, he, he plays pretty hard and understands what he's doing. So, I mean, I, he's and he's makes his teammates better. And, like, he, I mean, he's not a guy that, like, ducks out of games. You know, if he's hurt, he's hurt. But he generally, you know, he's played 82 before. He's played over 70 and all, but I think one season of his career. So, I mean, this is a guy who generally plays maybe two. I think he got hurt his third year in Oklahoma City. David, what do you make about all the hubbub around Bogdanovich struggling for the uh, past several games? Gordon and I have talked a lot about this over the past couple of days. Is it a case where you limit his play or do you let him shoot his way out of it? So, I mean, I think there's a few things. One is we're great, and so you don't have anything to talk about. True. So if somebody struggles, we talk about it. Um, two is he's struggling, um, which players do. Um, there's another guy on our roster that's struggling just as much. We're just not talking about it. Um, and so maybe even three. Um, and I think he was open about it today when he talked with the media that this is the worst he's ever felt offensively and he's making bad decisions and he's pressing like they're human, right? Like we think they're robots and, 
you know, Boyan of anyone probably think he's a robot since he shows so little emotion and talks so very little. But, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, he, he's, he's, he's struggling now, you know, when the slump started, he was shooting 40% from three, which is his normal number. Um, I actually think that his two point shooting is what's a little bit disconcerting and his rim shooting. And I have no facts on this and I, you know, don't know why entirely. Um, but I don't feel like he has the lift that he had last year. You know, he's not a high flyer, but to me, he just doesn't look quite right going to the basket. I'm more, that to me is a bigger issue. And that's actually when he got, was off to start the year. That's what it was. And when he's off right now, I think that's what it is. Obviously the three point shooting is, you know, is it, it, it is pretty easily highlightable when you're what four of your last whatever. But that you know, this is a career forty percent three point shooter. I, I suspect that returns here at some point in time. But the two point shooting around the rim has me a little more concerned than some other stuff that people are talking about. David, this is not a leading question. Uh, leading question. I'm not trying to sure take you in one I direction mean, you're not, or another. You're not quite. You're, see, you're not PK. You don't like shove it in your face but you're you're just as subtly as creative i'm prepared though like i've been in the okay. i've been around the block well i don't know who you were hinting at as far as other players for the jazz struggling but my question to you is when you're calling games have you ever had the thought cross your mind that jordan clarkson shoots too much yeah like maybe every game and the beauty of it is that we let him do it and the beauty of it is that it works out. But, like, from what we're all traditionally used to, like the guy who comes in and takes nine shots at eight minutes, what's going on? But somehow Jordan's vibe works, and, you know, it, and he's rolling, and um, he's off He's off from two right now. Um, this is what's great about this team is that we have these guys that are off, and yet we're still shooting 40% from three. Right? Like, you go look at our – Go look at like what we're doing right now. You got Jordan who's about thirty three percent, thirty four percent from three. Jordan Yang's off and and you know, and uh and Boyan is like beyond off, right? Sorry, I was forgetting who the third player was. And yet because Joe's on fire, Donovan's really solid, and Mike's you know, well Joe's on a different planet. And and Mike's really good and Royce has been solid. We're actually still shooting forty percent from three. I mean that's this is this is the beauty of having seven guys on your roster that shoot your threes and you shoot a lot of them is that, you know, two, two or three guys can be in a slump and then all of a sudden the rest of the group is, is back online. Like, or you, at least you, as a group you are, it's pretty amazing. Um, it's kind of a sign of what makes the jazz so great. What do you think about our guy, Chris Mannix, bringing up uh, Rudy for MB, MVP talk? Well, I mean, is Rudy going to win MVP? No. If you're listing five candidates for MVP, you probably should include Rudy. Is that fair? Yeah. He was just, he tweeted out uh, after the game the other night where yeah, Rudy I almost thought. had the triple double. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like at some point, we just got to figure out there's, I mean, Donovan's terrific and a bunch of our other guys are really good. And our head coach is, you know, imagining this. Um, but there's also like, We've won a lot, a lot of basketball games over the last four or five years. There's really one common thread to the whole thing. Right? Right. I mean, at some point people got to figure that out. 
David, I was looking at some numbers and I wanted to get to your interpretation of this. The Jazz love the three-point shot. Everybody knows that. They rank at the top of the league in that regard. But as far as their opponents, they also rank uh, first in the league when playing against the Jazz. Do they get swept up in what the Jazz are doing, or is this just a function of Mr. Rudy Gobert being standing near the basket? So the Jazz are the number one team in the league in threes attempted and the number one team in the league in threes denied. Is that what you're saying? Because that's the truth. Uh, yeah. So the Jazz take the most three and allow the fewest in the NBA. We allow the fewest threes in the NBA. We allow 31.5% of our opponents' shots to be threes, which is the lowest rate of any one in the NBA. And we take the most. It's, and that is a function that our defenders know they can drive every single player into Rudy. It's also where pull-up jump shooters in the mid-range causes problems because, rightfully, our defense is predicated on driving people toward Rudy and keeping people out of the off the three-point line. And then we're the 11th best team in the league at keeping you off the rim. We're the number one team in the league keeping you off the three-point line, and we allow the most mid-range, second-most mid-range shots in the league. The only team allowing more, I think, is probably – well, I'll have to look, but – off the top of my head would be Washington. Washington's doing something somewhat revolutionary in how little they're allowing people to get to the rib. It's what bothered us the other night. Um, but I'm a big, 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 big mammoth, huge, tremendous believer in a statistic that is called shot location effective field goal percentage. And what that means is where your team allows the opponent to shoot from. Over the course of a season, the deviation of shooting percentages from areas on the floor is not very big. It, it, it really gets pretty small. There'll be a few outliers on either side that are either terrible or really good. But if you look at like the fifth best three point shooting team to the 25th best three point shooting team defensively, it's pretty close. And what it really is, is that a lot of that comes down to luck. That'll be a three percentage point difference by the end of the year, the fifth best defensive three point shooting team to the 26th. So that's a really small difference. Same thing generally at the rim. That number gets gets pretty slim. You know, it'll be somewhere in a range. That one might be a whole four percentage points, but it's pretty slim. And so what that really is, is if you force people to take low percentage shots, is actually, to, in my opinion, more important than anything else you can do defensively. Sure, you got to disrupt them. Sure, you got to get out there. Sure, you like try to make sure they're not completely uncontested. But the fact is, if you can have your location-effective field goal percentage defense be better than the rest of the league, it's it's worth a tremendous amount. The Jazz are two percentage points better, or it might actually be down to one percent, one or two percentage points better than league average. Doesn't sound like a huge amount, but over a course of eighty shots, it's a point or two. It's probably four wins a season. David, I appreciate your clarification on my question. It's amazing that the Jazz have have allowed, if that's the way you want to put it, their opponents to shoot 498 fewer threes than they have shot. That's Yeah, that's remarkable. David, uh, sorry, go ahead. Now, tonight that will not be so easy. They're the, they're the ninth in the league in three-point attempts. I mean, we... 
like we've gotten used to what we're seeing. The fact that there's not like a big hubbub about this, but we have two teams tonight coming into the game. that are shooting over 40% from three. There are six teams in the NBA now that are shooting over 40% of their shots as threes. This has only happened seven times in NBA history. And there's six of them doing it this year. There'll be 13 by the end of the year. And there's only three teams in the league this year that are shooting over 40% from three. Like, we've increased the volume and we've increased the percentage of makes in this league. It's an incredible, incredible phenomenon. I mean, the best three-point shooting team in the league last year shot 38.6%. That was us. We shot 38.6%. We were the best shooting team in the league. We would rank eighth in the NBA this year in one year in one year David Locke is with us 97.5 and 1280 The Zone David LeBron high ankle sprain what does that do to the playoff picture do you think a ton because no one understands how great LeBron is which means that nobody understands how bad his teams are when he doesn't play and when you look over the history of what happens when LeBron misses games, I mean, maybe other than the Heatles, it's disastrous. And when you see the, um, and when you see the fact that he, um, you know, in Cleveland he left and they like went to 30th in offense and defense, and virtually the rest of the roster was the same. So it's mammoth. The question now is how far do they slide? And some of that is a question of how long. Does Two things are going to happen here. Anthony Davis, when does he come back? And how many of the following, Marcus Aldridge, Andre Drummond, and every other buyout candidate ends up on the Lakers? I, the word is that Drummond's likely, which would help them. Um, I'm really concerned that Al Horford ends up on them somehow. I don't know how they get it done but because I don't know their numbers, but Al Horford to me is the, is the trade game, game changer here. But they are sitting only two games in the loss column ahead of the San Antonio Spurs and only three games ahead of the Dallas Mavericks who are hot, I think there's a real chance that the Lakers could end up playing a play-in game as the seventh seed. If Now, the numbers all project them as the sixth, as a four or five matchup where they are right now, but I, I don't think they're going to win 30% of their games without LeBron. How dangerous will they be in the playoffs when both of those players or stars are back in the lineup? Uh, if I were allowed to bet in the NBA, I would put my money on them. So no matter where they, they start from. <laughs> yeah. They can start as a tenth seed. With all the that, that that actually the tenth seed, the ninth or tenth, if I understand the playing game correctly, which I'm not sure that I totally understand yet, um, how this whole thing's gonna work. Like is seven playing ten and eight playing nine and then it's kind of where seven's playing eight and one of them's in the playoffs and then nine's playing ten, I think, and the winner plays eight to get in the playoffs. I think that's how it works. Like I think it's actually the latter. Um, so if they started as nine or 10, they'd have to win two games without losing a game. Um, that might be the one scenario where I wouldn't place my, my money down on the Lakers if I had to, but otherwise any, I'm good with them as a favorite to win it. still. their defense is great. They got the best player in the world. Um, they might have the fifth best player in the world when he's healthy. Um, they're, they're still, they're still the odd, you know, like Brooklyn, LA is the NBA finals. Pending something stunning. This Brooklyn team is absolutely unbelievable.
un, 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 I mean, un, unfathomably great. Can I follow that up, Jake, with, uh, I want to ask David a statistical question. If I were to ask you, what is the single stat that you think is the most promising for the Jazz, what would it be, and what stat would concern you the most? I'm sorry, I just saw a stat that blew my mind, which was the fact that we're an 11-point favorite tonight because I was looking to see what the odds in the Lakers were. Um, say that again. How are we an 11-point favorite tonight? Diminished okay, lineup? sorry. Give me that what question is, again. What is, what is the single stat that comes to mind that is the most promising for the Jazz's success in the regular season and in the playoffs, and then what is the stat that would concern you the most? Or, or so the most promising is our 40-40. 40% of our shots is threes and making 40%. We're not. We're we're going to have to if we're going to beat the Clippers and the Lakers, and then we're going to just we're going to have to outshoot them. That's how we're going to win. That's our strength. Um, the one that would concern me the most. Well, our defensive numbers are not are not good until the Chicago game. So some of that and first some of that. Stretch here of what's going on defensively is a little disconcerting. We, you know, we were great against Chicago. Zach Levine was terrified of Rudy Gobert. Um, I mean, terrified. Um, but I, I'm a little concerned on. Um, I'm a little concerned on just whether there's something going on with us defensively that's more than. So I, the answer on that would be transition defense. Our transition defense ranks. I think last time I checked, night 18th in the NBA. We've got to be better at transition defense. David, what are the odds the Jazz make a trade by tomorrow? Slim to none. Is that because they don't I mean, need Dennis to, or active. it's not easy? Dennis is pretty active, and and Justin's pretty. Uh, Dennis and Justin have been really active and involved in things. Um, so, but it's more of a statement of the pieces that we have. Um, on our um, roster, that and whether you'd be willing to move them, and you, you know, like you, you don't coddle together like three one million dollar contracts and get there aren't three or four million dollar players; they don't actually exist. Um, what I thought the Ersan Ilyasova was a really nice addition. Um, I don't know whether there's a buyout game for us. Um, the other thing is like anybody we're acquiring at this point is probably not playing. Right, like I, I don't think we are looking for anything that's much more than break glass in case of emergency, right? Well, it's going so it's going pretty well so far. So, right, like I mean, unless you're going to try to like really just redo the entire roster and make a move here with seven weeks left in the season and like four practice days left for the rest of the year and break and redo the roster, seems like the, to me the risk analysis on that would be pretty tough. David, observational question. I'm curious to know, as you have seen the Jazz play so well, uh, triggered by their defense, and in times when they've struggled, uh, maybe on account of their defense, what's the difference? Is it the matchup? Is it the team they're facing? Or is it something that they are doing uh, amongst themselves that gets uh, messed up? Well, I think the two stretches of the season when we weren't very good, if that's what you're the start of the season and then the recent period, the difference has been uh, people scoring off of our misses. So that's the transition defense. Does that answer your question correctly? Uh, I guess, but then that would that would indicate that uh, the Jazz's 
questionable defense on the occasions when that happens is tied to their offense. Yes, I think that's true. I always thought their offense was tied to their defense. Well, you and Ron Boone and Thurl Bailey can have a big hot debate about this. I mean, it's the beauty of the game that's interplayed. Um, but I do think there's something that, you know, well, we're devastating when we're the number one or two, I think we're the number one half-court defense in the NBA. Like, I mean, tonight's the number one half-court offense versus the number one half-court defense in the NBA. It's pretty interesting. And they're not close, right? Brooklyn averages 105 points per 100 possessions, and we allow 92. Hmm. Like, it's not even close. Like, it's crazy to see what happens. Now, they're not at full strength. Um, and they're just, you know, they're ridiculous. Um, but so if we know that we're going to – the reason I keep talking about transition defense is because we're so great when we get into half court. So if we can keep someone out of transition. Now, the other thing that's going on recently is teams are playing much faster against us on the backside of misses. They've actually cut about a second to a second and a half off of their time in which they uh, their possession ends after a miss. So that's either – one, we're doing a terrible job of getting back defensively and putting up any resistance, and so they get an early look. Or two, teams have realized, like, they're the number one half-court defense. They have this monster in the middle, and we can't score against them if they get set in half-court. So get it up, make a quick pass or two, and launch it. And because if you try to run your sets and run your pick-and-roll, forget it, because Rudy's there. So I think that that's what um, – You know, it's a combination of both. I think our transition defense hasn't been as good and the fact that teams are making a really conscious effort to try to stay out of that. David, thank you very much as always. We'll see you here at the arena tonight. Okay. Um, Jake, I keep forgetting. Little boy, little girl. We're going to be surprised, buddy. We don't know yet. We're going to find out on the day. Oh, I like it. Old school. Yeah, it's what we did with the first one. We, We thought it was pretty cool, so we're doing it again. Although David, well, I gotta, um, I gotta, I gotta tell you that uh, I found out that my next grandchild, I found out last night, is a girl. So, so um, nice. My, I'm fortunate. If I'm from a family where my grandmother was an innovator in TV, so I would be remiss. And my wife was a longtime TV broadcaster, so I would be remiss if we did not at least make a mention of what's going on in Toronto tonight, uh, where Toronto's broadcast for the first time ever in NBA history is an all-woman crew. Oh wow! Uh, halftime desk, or the pre-halftime post-game desks, two women. The sideline reporter is a woman. The play-by-play announcer is a woman, and the analyst is a woman tonight. I like it. Pretty cool. So, yep. Thank you, David. Appreciate you. See you, David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joins the show every week, courtesy of the Murdoch Auto Group. All right, we'll have uh, more Big Show coming up. We've got uh, Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips, right around the corner. And then we'll let you hear a little bit from Boyan Bogdanovich as well uh, a little later in the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And when I die and when I'm gone, there'll be one child born in this world. Carry on, carry on. It's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a little Drop of the Day, something Gordon likes to call sounds of various clips uh gordon you ready to roll let's do it can't wait we love station generated material particularly <laughs> what involves uh one of our own austin horton was filling in uh yesterday with hanson scotty and uh, there were multiple things that went wrong with uh, one particular <laughs> sports roulette story let's go ahead and listen in Lord, Lord. 
And Lloyd most definitely would. Hansa <laughs> Scotty, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I've worked with, by the way, some uh, some big voice guys. The guy we have now is really great. And so if I misspell something, yeah. he'll like, hey, did you mean to say that? You know, uh, but then there's some guys that are just rip and read. And so if you, you know, misspell a word or if you use the wrong word or something like that, he doesn't care. He's just going to. Can we bring up the five and five? <laughs> we can because it, yeah, it's, it's a fine. great sponsor. Uh, so he, uh, we wrote up a promo for the uh, NCAA tournament uh, bracket c- uh, competition on uh, uh, for the zone, and I wrote SNS roofing, and you know he rips that real quick and goes five and five roofing. <laughs> and the problem was is that I meant it for to start Monday morning, and he sent it to me on Friday night, and I'm like, all right, I got the promo, that's great, and I'll send it to Jake Monday morning or hard Sunday to screw night. up SNS roofing. Yeah, I think that's pretty simple. Uh, he has a hard time with Zion's; it's always Zion. Yeah, and um, but you know, we, and Tuella Tuli. Hey, well, no, maybe that wasn't him. Uh, he always says Gordon Munson. Munson. <laughs> We've had to work on Munson. Does he say Hans? He has a tough time with your name. Does he? Yeah. Hey. But he's got it down now. Yeah. And not just not just Hans. He got it rhymes with Lance. But anyway, so I so on Sunday night, I listened to the promo before I sent it over to Jake so it could run Monday morning, and it goes five and five roofing. <laughs> five and five. Like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Wait, what? And so then I have to go back and look at my copy. Did I'm like, did I write that right? Yeah. I uh, love our good friends at SNS Roofing. Yes. Very good friends. They are the best. All right, time for Sports Roulette, all brought to you by Davis Vision. During this month, you can save $1,000 off LASIK. Call 801-253-3080 or check them out online at davisvisionmd.com. Austin, fired up. No spring ball for the Utes. No spring ball? No spring ball for the Utes. Sorry. No, sorry, I I listed that wrong in both ways. Uh, yeah, that's we're gonna no, let no pro day. <laughs> <laughs> I checked with you. So it was originally no, or it was originally no sprung ball, and Austin was nice enough to like, hey, did you really want me to say sprung here? <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's spring. It's spring. Of course, it's uh. spring ball. Just say spring ball. You don't have to be sarcastic about it. He's like, great, I got it. I knew it. And I said, well, Lloyd would have just said it. And then he says spring ball, but it's not spring ball. It's actually pro day. Which Something takes- is or isn't or maybe might be happening <laughs> up at the hill. Which, by the way, to your credit, pro day usually takes place in the spring. In the spring. So there Gosh. you go. Uh, I did try to write it in a, in a hurry. You just hit on the head. It's just the fact that there's not a lot of players that are leaving the Utah program right now that are trying to move on to the league. Everybody that is capable of being drafted is coming back for another year because if Devin Lloyd did declare himself for the draft, you're darn sure there'd be a spring or sorry, pro day right now. <laughs> you don't need to rub it in. All right, there you go. You heard it. Hans, Scotty, and our very own Austin Horton. Now we heard what happened, Austin. Do you want to give us the behind the scenes on exactly what went down there? Yeah, so uh, in the break, uh, what they do is they've got this Google Doc, and Hans or Scotty, most of the time Hans, types out the headline. The producer accesses the doc, reads the headline, turns it back over to the hosts. Well, uh, I wasn't sure if he... I Honestly, I thought, I'll just be smart Alec and say sprung ball. That's what he said. Yeah, But but I checked, and and since I was filling in, I did the right thing. He said, no, it's supposed to be spring ball. But it turns out, as you heard, it wasn't supposed to be spring ball at all. 
it was actually supposed to be pro day, but they went on this big long soliloquy of reading teleprompters and when, and the big voice guy only reads what you put in front yeah, of him and, yeah. and Gordon Munson instead of Monson and right. Lindon instead of Linden and and all along he never even caught himself until I cracked right. the mic and went no spring ball for the Utes my, which I thought would have been a bigger story my favorite part though is when or you told me this that in the break Hans was bit, busy with some potato chips it and was. when you were trying to clarify with him <laughs> he's just going no, yeah, Austin, leave me alone. God, it's spring. All right? I have fat fingers. It's spring. I hit the wrong letter. What are you doing? Come on. I, I'm Don't busy. bother me. I'm eating. Got these potato chips here. <laughs> that's right. That's that's absolutely 100% By the way, true. Hans does not have fat fingers, my dad. He's just got the largest hands that I've ever seen. You know, hands. He's just got these. When people say that he's got catcher's mitt for hands, they're talking about Hans Olsen. I don't even know how he dials a phone. It's like hamburger helper. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, Hans is just big in general, but then if you've ever shaken hands with Hans, it's just like, my goodness. I mean, I he when I say Hans could rip your arm off at any time, he could do it with just, like, he'd just grab with his hands and then just kind of flick his wrist, and it, it would just detach from your body. I mean, I honestly, I have no idea. If, if we had rotary phones still, Hans would just be stuck not talking to anybody. Do we, do they have such a thing as, like, a, a, a bigger keyboard? Or somebody I'm like that. Sure, they do. Big oh, five they? by three buttons. Yeah, well, I, yeah. Can't they just make everything just a tad bit? That's my, my great grandparents had that old phone that had the giant buttons and the big <laughs> yeah. fire icon for so the fire department. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember those. Hans needs a jitterbug cell phone right. is what he needs. But yeah. that that is my favorite part when you told me yesterday where Hans was like, yeah, Austin, why are you bugging me with this? It's a typo. Get it together. Just back read there. what I typed there. Jeez. Is there a difference between spring ball and sprung ball? It was sprung ball. Sprung, not sprung. 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 Okay, sprung. Uh, and I have it on very, very good authority. There is no sprung ball for the Utes this year. No, not going to happen. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We've got some Boyan Bogdanovich sound for you coming up right around the corner. You had availability today. Uh, you won't want to miss it. Straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's hear a little media availability today from Boyan Bogdanovich. He's been a big topic of conversation, not playing at his best. You'll hear him talk about that here and, and go through it. And, I, you know, Gordon, we've talked about it. He's a, he's a big part of this team, and uh, they're, they're really good and could be really, really good if they get all of their players, you know, playing at their best. But honestly... You know, one of the things about how this Jazz team is assembled offensively is, you know, guys can have off nights and they can still win basketball games. They can, but think about how how nice it would be if uh, they were hitting on all cylinders. And obviously, he's a big part of that. And remember when when we were talking about the bubble last year, you know, how the Jazz really missed him. And if only they had Boyan Bogdanovich, man, what would they have been able to do then? Uh, well, uh, it depends on which version of Boyan you're going to get. And they, he's somewhat self-critical. Yeah. Uh, the Jazz, my my opinion on, on Bogdanovich now and will remain is that they're a better team with him on it. No doubt. All right, let's go ahead and give a listen to what he had to say earlier today. Bogey, good to see you, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. Hey, so people go through stretches throughout their careers, um, you know, where sometimes the ball isn't going in. What have you done in the past when you've 
experience to stretch like that? I mean, is it just trying not to think about it? Do you change your approach? I mean, I, I work really hard and then I watch my, my videos from the past, seeing the ball going in and seeing myself playing well. So yeah, that's my, probably the, the worst stretch of my, of my career shooting the, shooting the ball. So I'm kind of making making big, bad decision when to shoot and when when to kind of calm down and, and wait for the for the shot to to come to me. So bad stretch, but but still we play every other day. So I hope from from tonight that I'm gonna gonna start to play play better. And that doesn't mean that I have to that I have to hit a shot. So just to be patient and and, and calm on 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 on, a, on the court. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Ogie, is there anything that, you know, in, in evaluating this stretch of games that you can point to and say, you know, this is the problem, like, is your wrist still not feeling completely right? Is there, you know, a change in how teams are guarding you? What, what's what's going on as you evaluate kind of why you've been struggling this last little bit? I mean, I, I don't think that, that any any of them guarding me differently or that I, that I don't have the same shot that I had before All-Star break or, or last season. So it's just just me kind of fighting fighting with my with myself i don't want to i don't want to make any any excuse for my wrist or, or 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 surgery i had a good games during this season as well so so i don't want to i don't want to talk about my hand honestly i got to i got to be i got to be better and then we can we can discuss about that when i start to play better andy larson salt lake trivia Okay, there are guys who go through slumps and kind of, you know, the way they say they get out of it is by focusing on kind of the the other stuff besides the shooting, the defense, the hustle, and that kind of thing. Is is that your mindset right now too, or kind of how are you approaching kind of the the other things on the court that maybe aren't as as slump oriented? I guess you're right. That I that I that's what I have to I have to do. Like I gotta help more on, on rebounds to get involved myself in a game, just grabbing the defensive boards or attacking the offensive board and getting getting to the to the free throw line or getting easy easy buckets when you struggle from a three you need easy buckets to, to start hitting the three so like you said I got to contribute the game in, in in any different way when I'm when I'm in, in this kind of, of, of shape or or, or or slump David Locke, jazz radio. Boyan uh, sorry to just kind of belabor some of this but on the on the two point shooting and particularly at the rim your numbers are kind of they've actually been off in utah than what they were in indiana are you getting different style of shots or is there anything there that jumps out to you in that i think that i'm that i'm that i've been more aggressive with the with the utah that i was with the with the pacers i didn't have uh, the ball as much that i have here they didn't play as many offensive sets for for me so I'm getting, I'm getting in there. So I, I just have to be, I just have to be more concentrated and, and of course work, work on my, on my game and on my, on my floors. Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Bogey along those lines, it does look like you're attacking the rim a lot and not getting to the free throw line as much as maybe it seems like you should. Are you noticing that? Are you feeling a lot of contact at the rim? It's being contact, but also I'm, like I said, I'm making, bad decision when to attack and when to kind of calm down and wait, wait in a corner or play pick and roll with, with, uh, with any of our, our point guards. But uh, 
like you say, sometimes I'm driving in and, and just waiting for a for a fouls and I'm not I'm not getting those and I'm not getting the easy easy free throws and and, and involving myself in the game. So gotta be gotta be stronger with the ball and and and, and kind of kind of waiting for the, for those shots that is, that's gonna be there for me. Follow up from Kristen Kenny. Hey, shooters got to credit other shooters. What do you think of uh, the work that Joe Ingles is doing so far this year at 33 years old? I mean, he's been he's been amazing for us and for the Jays. His his entire his entire career. He's he's the guy that can that is involving all of us actually in the game, and then to be able to to shoot on that high level, it's, it's just just amazing the way he he cares about about his body that his work on on his shot is just being outstanding there you go that was boyan bogdanovich getting ready for the jazz and the brooklyn nets tonight uh tip off coming your way a little later a national tv game after eight o'clock but of course still watch bowler on at&t sports net or uh even better listen to lock right here on the zone sports network it's a good opportunity, a, g- a good opponent for the Jazz to face for Boyan to get off the schneid. But uh, don't hold your breath. Why? Why wouldn't he get off the schneid tonight? Well, I'm saying it's a good opportunity for. Him I know, to get but off why the, the don't why the don't hold your breath? Because you never know. Yeah, but that's like that's the most pessimistic way to say you never know. That is Eeyore. Yeah, that is Eeyore. He could have sure. a game, but why bother? <laughs> He'll probably play like crap. Oh, I, I would die. If he just plays from... well tonight, he could play bad tomorrow. He probably is going to suck. Go right back down to sucking. <laughs> Gordon, don't hold your breath. Well, I mean, yeah, we've been waiting a while. Like five games. Is that what it's been? Seems longer than that. It's been like a week and a half. <laughs> Five games will we'll never get back. Probably well, have a good reason, one tonight and then just if the, be if back. The reason, if, the, if the reason you're in the league is because you're a good shooter and you fling up a bunch of bricks night after night, then they, that's a bit of an issue. Well, that's he's, a bit of that's an like, issue. He's no, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. That'd be like uh, like Rudy Gobert being inserted in the game to block shots, play defense, and have him totally suck at that. I don't think anyone's saying that Bo- Bogey's been great. I don't think anyone's saying, ah, nothing to worry about. It's just, it's not time to completely forget that Bogey is going to come back around, right? Well, I'm, I'm not saying he's not. I think he will Just don't hold around. your breath. I'm just, I just, yeah, yeah, wait until it actually happens before you do anything drastic. I Which won't be it. anytime soon. <laughs> coming up next more great radio from the big show hopefully don't hold your breath on 97.5 and 1280 the zone nothing to do and no hope of things getting better sounds like saturday night at my house all right uh we'll turn gordon loose uh gordon we'll we'll talk to you tomorrow buddy appreciate you all right jay hey tim have a good show man thanks gordo jazz game night pregame show coming up next here on the jazz radio network